but I want you to start with me today thinking about God's good gifts. Already we see those. But this scripture from James, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change with the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of the first fruits of all of what he has created. That's from the first chapter of James, verse 16, 17, and 18. And so that scripture right there tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. And that he has done that by design so that you and I are given, there's the gift word again, we're given birth. Now this is talking about the spiritual birth. Not talking about our physical birth. Our spiritual birth, because we are born again through his gifts, and we're given birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of the first fruits. Now, I hope you realize, but that reference there, first fruits comes from way back in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament customs of at harvest time. The people of God were commanded to bring the first fruits of their harvest to sacrifice them to Almighty God. And they did. They brought the sheaves of wheat, they brought the harvest items, and they gave them to their Heavenly Father. But this is saying that you and I are those first fruits. Now, first fruits is very special. <laughs> That's the top of the crop. And so part of this statement of these good gifts that God gives to us is to also remind us that we're at the top of the list as far as our Heavenly Father is concerned. What a good gift. Now, I want to go through five or six. Now, there are many, 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 and if we listed all of the gifts that God gives us, we'd be here a long, long time, for which I'm very thankful. But I want to list and go over five or six of these good gifts that you know, but always we need to be reminded, and Scripture to back that up. So the first one I want to share with you is we have been given the church. Now we sit here in the church. We sit here in our church. We sit here in the church of Jesus Christ because ultimately it is his church. And we are given, I want you to pay attention to how many times I say that gift word today. We are given the privilege of being a part of the church and we weren't always a part of the church. We weren't always a part of God's people. I imagine that everybody in this room, or at least most of us, are Gentiles. You understand that term? That is non-Jews. Now, in the Old Testament, you know and I know that the Jews, the Jewish people, they were and they still are a part of God's chosen people. And there was a time when Gentiles were outside of that. 
And Jesus came. And he spoke to the Jewish people. But what happened? They rejected him. And so he came then to you and me as Gentiles. Now I've said to you, I hope I'm partly Jew. Name Solomon. Can't get much Jewer than that. And I'm thrilled about that. But we're Gentiles. But Jesus came to us through giving himself. And we became part of this. Now listen to these passages from Ephesians, the second chapter. It says in verse 12 through 13, Remember that at that time you and I were separate from Jesus Christ. We were separated, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in our world. Are you aware of that? That we were separated. We didn't have God's choice. But then it says, but now Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been given fellowship through the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been given. You and I have been given the church. If it had not been for Jesus coming and even with Peter and the other disciples, when Peter said, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I believe maybe the first or second sermon that I preached for you over a year ago, I said, I believe that Jesus was saying, upon the rock of myself, he says, on the rock of Jesus Christ I will build my church. And so Jesus came, and he gave, he gives the church to you and me. In the first part of the book of Acts, uh, second chapter, the day of Pentecost, was the birth of the church over 2,000 years ago. Peter stood up, had never preached a sermon in his life, and he stood up under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and declared the truth of Jesus Christ, and 3,000 people were saved that day. And that was the birth of the church. We are given the blessing of the church. We're given the blessing of this church. We're given the blessing of the presence of Jesus Christ in our church. Jesus gives us peace. I've talked to you about this many times, but I remind you again that this is one of the primary gifts of Jesus Christ because this world is chaos. This world is crazy. You and I in this world, sometimes in our minds, in our fears, in our worries, in our lives, in our relationships, we're chaos. That's part of our sinfulness. But what does Jesus do? He came along 2,000 years ago and the night before he was crucified, he told his disciples and he tells you and me that he's going to give us the gift of peace. And it's the gift of this peace that we and the world know nothing really about because it's his peace, his perfect peace. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? He's saying to you and I as his people, 
I want to give you this part of me that is perfect and real and absolute and it is a peace. And then the end of John 14, 27 says, and with this peace, you do not have to be afraid. Now let that sink in for just a moment. Because you do not have to be afraid. Why? Because of Jesus Christ's gift to you and me. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that is the guide and the teacher. The power of the Christian life. The power of the church. The Holy Spirit is real. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is God himself in his spirit coming to you and me through Jesus Christ present in our life. And Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John, he says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Not temporarily, to be with you forever. If and as we follow and Obey Jesus Christ. I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him for I've given to him and he lives with you and he will be with you. John 14. Jesus Christ's word. He says I'm going to give you my presence. Now, yes, he was going away the next day. He was going to the cross because he had to. But he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you myself through the Holy Spirit. So he's given us the Holy Spirit. Are you aware that he gives us faith? Or are you born with faith? Well, yes, it's okay to chuckle and shake your head because we're not born with faith. In fact, if we're born with anything, we're born with doubts. We're born with questions. We're born with skepticism. We're not born with faith. Faith is a gift from our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. And we're told that because even when it comes to being saved, Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, meaning faith, this is not from yourselves, because you're not born with it. It is the gift of God. Now, sometimes people say, well, I just don't know if I have enough faith. And I don't know if I have enough faith. I don't know if you have enough faith. But I do know that he has enough faith. And right there it says it is, faith is the, the gift of God. And so we have to understand that when a gift is given, we have to take it. Whether it's the church or whether it's peace or whether it's faith or whether it's the Holy Spirit, we can say no. And it boggles my mind sometimes that I say no, or you say no, to these wonderful, powerful gifts that create 
our peacefulness, our relationship with the Lord, our church, our Christian faith, our ministry, our, and we say no. It doesn't make sense. And yet we still say no. So faith, yes, it is a gift from our Heavenly Father. And then what about forgiveness? Can you forgive yourself? Guess what? People talk to me all the time. I just, I just can't forgive myself. I just can't forgive myself for the terrible things that I've done. And I say, yeah, that's true. And then I look at them and I say to many people I deal with are Christian people. And I say, well, is Jesus Christ forgiven you? And they say, yeah, well, yeah. And I say, well, would you just please agree with Almighty God? <laughs> now think about that. Forgiveness is His territory. It is His gift. It is His blessing to you and me. Because you've sinned and I've sinned. We've all sinned. We know that to be a fact. And forgiveness is a part of His gift. And when you say, well, I just can't forgive myself. I just think, ah, please just pay attention to what God says. And if, what does Scripture say? Well, let me read it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that a great Scripture? If we confess, if we repent, if we deal with our sins in a proper godly way, He will forgive. He will give us the gift of forgiveness. And then, because we're forgiven, we are free. When we're not forgiven, we're in bondage. Now think about that. Because this is part of what God wants for you and me. <coughs> because He doesn't want us to live in the sins and in the mistakes and in the turmoil that our sinfulness creates in our own lives. And so he's given us forgiveness. Now it says, for the wages of sin is death. This is Romans 6.23. You know this verse. The wages of sin is death, but, listen carefully, the gift of God is eternal life in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now is that true? Yes, no. <laughs> yes, it is. The wages of sin, when we sin, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the good gifts of God, the gift of God is eternal life in and through the presence of Jesus Christ in your life and in my life, and then we are free. And so these gifts are very important. The church, peace, Holy Spirit, forgiveness, faith, very, very important. But now I'm going to tell you what I think is maybe the most important. And you can take this to the Lord and see what you think. But we have been given the gift of knowing the absolute character of Almighty God. That is a gift. Because you and I cannot do that in and of ourselves. But we can participate in that. 
And we must participate in that. And so now we come to this passage of Scripture from the Sermon on the Mount. It's in the seventh chapter of Matthew, verses 7 through 11, and we're going to reflect on that passage for just a moment. And I want to read the first part of it. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now I want you to think about that for a minute and just look at these verses because I am saying to you, because I believe God is saying to all of us that here is the way that we are able to know the character, the essence of who Almighty God is. He's given us this privilege of prayer. And we come to him Asking and seeking and knocking on the door. And that's what scripture says. Annabelle sang it a minute ago in her song. We are people of prayer. This is a prayer experience. This is what we're called to do. And we're called to do it persistently, completely, deeply. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Now, do you ask? To know. Now, I'm talking about knowing, knowing personally and intimately the presence and the the character of Almighty God. Or do you just talk about praying for somebody else, which is good, praying for situations, which is good, praying for your church, which is good? Yes, all of that is very good. But in recent days... We've talked about worship-based prayer. And that's something that I believe in. People have asked me about the book that I've referred to by Daniel Henderson called uh, Transforming Prayer. And that's an excellent book. And we've referred to it in our communication experience. We've referred to it in here. People have bought the book because we are looking at the power that comes when we know intimately the character and the personhood of our Heavenly Father. And this passage of Scripture here that Jesus gave us in the Sermon on the Mount is basic to that. So I'm saying to you, do you ask with sincerity, with persistence, with continuation, with expectation? Do you ask to know who Almighty God is. Because it says, ask and it will be given to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Now, is that true? For everyone who asks, receives? Is it true or is it just a a fancy phrase of words? No, we're talking about Scripture. We're talking about God's Word. We're talking about what Jesus Christ said 2,000 years ago in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, ask and it will be given to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Please, I'm saying to you and to me, please take him at his word. It is true. But we must ask. That's your part. That's my part. And then it says, seek and you will find. The one who seeks does find, it says. Now, are we supposed to seek for just a little bit? Are we supposed to seek with, well, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll seek just kind of casually, and I know God will pay attention to me. Do you know what Jer- Jeremiah 29, 13 says? Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That's Jeremiah 29, 13. You probably know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, that he has a plan for us. It's a good and perfect plan. We'll go on to these next 12, 13, 14. I'm going to read it again. Please listen. He says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. This whole thing is about praying, talking to God, and listening to him. But you will pray to me, and I will listen to you. A gift. Do you like for people to listen to you? Certainly. It's part of relationships. Very important part of relationships. Our Heavenly Father, Almighty God, is giving us the gift of a listening ear. He says, you'll pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when, that's a key word, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Now just think about that phrase for a moment and define in your own mind what all of your heart means. Do you, do I, See, these are the challenges when we come to gifts and are we, if we're going to receive these gifts, if we're going to experience these blessings of knowing our Heavenly Father in a deep, intimate way, we've got to receive the gifts. And it's saying here that we will have this spirit of seeking and finding when we seek Him with all of our heart. Yes, I haven't forgotten to go on. I just want us to think about that for just a moment. When we seek him with all of our heart, it says that he will show up. He will show us. If we seek, we will find. And then it says, and knock and the door will be open to you. Now, have you ever thought about knocking on the door? Knocking on the door. Knocking on the door and knocking on the door. If you go to somebody's house and you knock once or twice, what do you do? And they don't come to the door? You leave. (laughs) Is that what we do with God? We knock on the door. We pray about something. We ask him for something. Or we open ourselves up to him. And if he doesn't do it the way we want it, or if he doesn't do it immediately, do we leave? It says that for those of us that knock, the door will be opened. Now, I think it does take some persistence. So perseverance is a very good thing. I think that's part of seeking and knocking with all of your heart. I think if we just knock and nothing happens for a while or hours or days or months or years. I, have you ever read stories about people that have prayed for somebody for years 
Yes. And then after years, somebody is saved or healed or broken relationships are repaired or because somebody's been praying for that person or those persons for years. So if we knock and then we leave, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. Because God's character is involved in all of this. God is a good God and He gives good gifts. But He also expects obedience and diligence. And I think He even expects persistence. Now did Jesus say anything about persistence? Did He teach anything about it? He taught two very powerful parables about persistence. I want you to think about that because Jesus said that these were very important and that he taught these parables. The person that comes in the middle of the night to get bread from somebody and knocks on the door and he says, I need bread for this guest in my house. And what does the person inside say? Go away, leave me alone. I'm already in bed and I'm in bed with my children and I can't get up and come to your door. I'm not going to give you any bread. And the guy keeps knocking. And the guy keeps knocking. And the guy keeps knocking. And what does the guy get that's knocking at the door? He gets bread. (laughs) Persistence. Jesus told a parable. And then he told a parable about a, a judge in a community. And it said the judge did not love God. And the judge did not love people. (laughs) Pretty hard-hearted judge. And there was a woman that needed justice. That needed settledness in a matter in her life. And she bugged that judge and bugged that judge and bugged that judge and bugged that judge. Until the judge says, oh my goodness, get her out of here. Give her exactly what she wants. Now I'm not sure that that's a great motive in the judge. But I am sure that that was persistent in the woman. Now, we're supposed to ask, we're supposed to seek, we're supposed to knock on the door. We're supposed to be persistent. We're supposed to do that with all of our heart, all of our energy, all of our being. Now, what happens? What happens when we are persistent and we do that? Please go to the last part of this passage of scripture which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone and if he asks for a fish will give him a snake no if if your son asks for bread or he asks for a fish you're not going to give him a stone and a snake If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Do you understand who we're talking about here? Do you understand that we're talking about our Father in heaven? We're talking about getting to know him intimately and his character, his being, who he is, seeking, here's the phrase, seeking his face. Not just asking him for something. Yes, we're supposed to ask. Yes, we're supposed to seek. Yes, we're supposed to knock on the door. That's what we're talking about. But please, I believe that the foundation of all that is our understanding that God is God and he is wonderful and good and he gives gifts and he wants to give gifts 
And this is his character. This is his face. It's not just his hand. And when we seek his face, his character, when we get to know him, then we see this right here. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask and seek and knock on the door? God is very good to us. All the time. Amen. And we need to live in that. We need to accept that goodness. I love this passage of Scripture because it is hopeful. It is freeing. It is promising. It is truth. Because God is good and He is going to give us good gifts. And I'm going to finish our thinking today with one more passage of Scripture that I say often, I say it to myself often, I pray that you will say it to yourself often. Because it represents the goodness of Almighty God. It represents who He is and His nature and how He steps into our lives. And it is comforting. I tell you and I tell myself and I tell my clients, if they would just take this wonderful statement of scripture that I'm about to share with you, say to you that you know, but we celebrate this, but if they would just if any of us, all of us would take this into our mind into our spirit daily or maybe several times a day I'd jokingly tell people that they'd put me out of a job as a counselor and that'd be okay with me. I know that'll never happen, but that'll be okay. And the passage of scripture that that God gives us right here at the end of our sharing time is the 23rd Psalm. Beautiful, powerful statement because it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now you know me, I'm going to ask you to think about some of these things. Look, The Lord is my shepherd. He is my guide. He's my rock. He's, he's my shepherd. He will take care of me and He will comfort me. And I don't need to want for anything. He is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. And may, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, I don't know. Maybe you don't want to lie down in the grass. But doesn't that sound nice? To be by still waters and to lay down in the grass and just be peaceful. And he restores my soul through that. He gives me the gift of a restored soul through His peacefulness. And He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. We're with Him and He's with us and He leads us in the right path if you will take it, receive it, and if I will receive it. And even though I walk through the valley of the terrible thing of death, and the horrible things of this world, God is with me right by my side. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. What a gift. Do you understand His rod and His staff? That's protection and guidance. His rod and His staff, they protect me. They guide me. 
They're right there with me. And even in the face of my enemies, and there are enemies all around, even in the face of my enemies, He will prepare a banquet for me, an absolute feast of nourishment, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. He prepares this for me to eat of because of His gifts to me. And He anoints my head with oil. He gives me the rejuvenation and the comfort of the blessings of His healing oil. And my cup absolutely overflows. I have so much to quench my thirst that my cup just overflows. And then this wonderful last, really two phrases in this beautiful passage of Scripture. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. Do you understand? That's God's character. That's what He wants for you and me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. That's this life. And then the final statement. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? That is the goodness and the character of our Heavenly Father. Please, just reach out and take it. That's what He wants for you and me. Let's pray. Father, thank You. I Sometimes I say thank You, and, and I've said this, that seems so small and so trite and so simple to just say thank you for the gifts that you give us. But we come before you this day to give you gratitude from the depths of our heart because you are such a good God. You're such a good Father. You are creator and provider and guide and forgiver and so many, many things that you are. And you give us these good gifts and again, we pray that we would take them and live according to you and according to your truth. And then we thank you once again for the peace and the freedom that comes because of living according to your ways. Thank you, Father. And we come to you joyfully, willingly, obediently, and we thank you. And we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ.